Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the MatchNet podcast. Today here we are with Robert. Uh, as you have seen, our setup has been upgraded. Really great. <laughs> We're so happy for it. And we are very excited to talk with you guys about the conversations to have before the blessing. Um, some of you have seen the last couple of weeks, we have announced a big, an, announcement <laughs> a big news about the next uh blessings coming up so there's gonna be a blessing in 2024 for young missionaries uh for those who have participated in missionaries program in the past or those who will participate in a missionary program and as well we're gonna have a blessing in 2025 for the general public so we thought it would be very relevant to talk about okay you go into the blessing what are the things to make sure to discuss about before making the big decision right mm, yep. so how are you robert yeah doing good glad to be back i heard you guys wanted me back so i decided to come back <laughs> <laughs> and of course karina always asks me let's do a podcast let's do a podcast <laughs> yeah i had to do the whole setup before like okay we're doing it yeah before even we decide the topic yeah but I'm, I'm interested to get into this. I mean, I think it's really important. Maybe not enough people um, are given this advice, you know, because it's hard to d give advice on like, first of all, yeah, how do you choose which person you want to be blessed with? And then as well, kind of like choose when you're ready to go. And um, I think all those decisions are like, it's almost like case by case a little bit. So which makes it difficult, I think, to give advice. Mm -hmm. However, I think through, you know, just talking about it, you and I, there's a couple of things that people should make sure to talk about and make sure there's some clarity about before you make the decision to get blessed. Because if you don't have these conversations, then you go into the blessing, you start trying to live together, but that issue comes up and in some cases, it causes them to break their blessing. So better you have the conversation ahead of time and things are made clear yeah so something to make sure like maybe we're gonna start with our experience our testimony right um as we shared before um we got oh, you wanna okay uh maybe we're gonna start uh with our experience our testimony um we didn't have everything figured out we got matched in march 2018 and we were discussing about maybe the possibility of 2019 if a blessing will come up. But at the end, no blessing was in 2019. So the decision was easy for 2020, which, by the way, was the blessing that I have decided that I wanted to go for so many years. And, and yeah, when the time for the blessing started to get closer, we started to really make serious effort of like, okay, what we had to do, right? And uh, it was because of your initiative, Robert, that we started the groups for testimonies from brothers and then testimony from sisters. And then we gathered all the the the, the, the brides and brooms. Grooms. <laughs> oh, grooms. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I think there was a story once where two fathers said, if I matched you to a broom, you should say yes. So maybe <laughs> in some cases it was bride and broom. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 
So um, we, we started to do the, those testimonies and that was very helpful to kind of share, okay, what are the things that will come up in the future, right? Like maybe immediately we're not seeing it, but what are those things that we had to think about, we had to discuss, what, yeah. Right, yeah, the idea was so that um, we could learn from older couples, right? Mm-hmm. And they'd come and then share their experience and maybe not all of it was something that was 100% relevant or felt relevant, but there were some things that were useful to like kind of set your expectations. Um, I would say I felt like at that stage, most people were pretty committed, but maybe it did help some people to kind of have some of these important conversations um, that they hadn't done so already. Um, Certainly, I remember there was at least one couple that had so many great points, but there was almost like too many, you know, it was almost like, oh my gosh, you have to like clear up all these aspects of our lives, you know? Um, And I think it's totally fine to figure some things out along the way, but there's definitely some things that should be cleared up beforehand. And whether we were given advice on it or not, I guess, I think in our own experience, we kind of clarified two major ones, right? First one being like where we're going to live and the second one being children. Um, and I think for some people, the children one seems kind of obvious. It's like, oh yeah, we all want children. But I guess it's not the case, you know, for everyone. Um, so I think that's a big one that wasn't a hard discussion for us, but it's one of those recommended conversations, right? Like, do you actually, do you want to have kids in the future? I'd like to have kids. How about you, right? I do remember that you asked me that question and I felt so, um, like, why what in the world are you asking me this? Like, I feel so, uh, not upset, but like annoyed by the question, you know? Like, of course I want kids. For, for me, like going to the blessing, it means to create a family. But I understand that there are uh, people that it looks very different. And then there's the timing as well, right? Mm-hmm. For some people, it's very clear when they want to start to have kids. And for others, it not right and and of course for example we did have a general concept yes we want to we will go to Canada right that was our our decision but at the same time uh life happened right and for us it was very interesting because right after the blessing COVID hit and things very quickly our plans change as well with that and I wonder right like our life of course it looks kind of similar to what we thought when we were going to the blessing but at the same time so many things changed so many things were unexpected right and I I think one of the main things uh, is about willingness of to change right willingness to be flexible and willingness to give up on something right i the truth is when you receive the blessing you stop being just an individual by itself and you start making decisions together and yeah that's that can be kind of scary right Um, it's a big shift yeah your whole life you're making decisions for yourself well your whole adult life kind of you know <laughs> before then your parents are making a lot of your major decisions and then you're kind of making decisions with your parents but making a decision with a spouse is is 
a very new experience. It's not quite the same as making a decision with like a sibling, like, oh, we're going to plan some trip together. This is, they're talking lifetime, right? So your first, our first decision as a couple was for you to come to Uruguay. What was, can you share a little bit? What was your experience? <laughs> well, yeah, you were talking about how things change sometimes, right? From our initial plan. And, um, our initial idea was that I was going to visit Uruguay, um, just for the summer, um, because I was still in school. And so, uh, it only made sense that back in once September comes around, I'd go back here and then I'd study and then we'd be starting the immigration process. Um, but because COVID hit, it was soon becoming the reality that the summertime wouldn't work for me to visit. And you actually called me this one morning and you're like, Robert, I don't think you're going to be able to come. You know, if you keep your original ticket date, which was like in July, perhaps, or maybe end of June, something like that. And yeah, this was in March already, right? Um, and you were saying like, I think if you wait, you, all the flights and everything's going to be closed. Like, what if you came now? <laughs> and I remember being like, oh my gosh, that's a crazy idea. Cause you know, like you guys all remember it was, it was such a time where like no one wanted to fly anymore. And if you needed to fly, you wanted to do it soon before airlines were closing things down. Um, and so it was really kind of this like needed to act now. And I remember being a little bit scared because it was kind of like a big decision, you know, changing our ticket, you know, making this move earlier to uh, Uruguay. And um, but I think the thing that helped us is that we prayed about it together. And we the, I think we both came to this conclusion that if we were both kind of in in agreement and almost more than agreement though, like committed to this, then God would be here in this decision, right? And so I think that helped comfort us a lot. Um, and in our dynamic, usually if we have a big decision to make, I'm usually more like, oh, like kind of like struggling with it in the moment. And then once the decision's made, I'm like, okay, that's what we're doing. And then sometimes it's Karina who's like, are you sure? Like, wait, should we do this? Wait, wait we should rethink this a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Um, I, I think I remember you calling me when I was at the airport. It's like, do you want to, are you sure you want to do this or something? <laughs> yeah, because your parents were freaking out and I was oh, like <laughs> so worried that something's going to happen to you as well. And then, yeah, it was, it was kind of stressful. Oh wait, I forgot to end the story that, so we, we, we prayed and all that. And then three days, I changed my ticket for three days later. And yeah, so then it was like almost instantly needing to start to pack and everything and tell my parents and. And there was no day of return. Oh, that's another thing. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I guess technically I had my return date still like that ticket was still there from the um, for the summer. But there was kind of this understanding that, like, I don't know when the airports will open up again. So that, yeah, that's true. That was kind of uh, another big part of this decision. And I'm sure that's kind of made it stressful for my parents, you know, to imagine this. Um, but yeah. Then it, it happened and it was a great decision. I mean, I'm really glad that I got to uh, spend like really a long quality time with your family, with meet your community. Um, kind of, I feel like new opportunities kind of presented themselves that maybe weren't going to be there mm -hmm. if things had been different. Um, and the truth is we were very blessed because that <laughs> for us, COVID was really good because it's forced us to be together uh, in a moment that 
we were not planning to be together. But the truth is, right after the blessing, we realize, oh man, we need to be together. It's like it, the, the matching process, being in a long distance during the matching process is hard. But being long distance after the blessing is like really hard, really hard. And I, I remember like a couple of weeks after the blessing, we were like, this is not going to work if we're going to be long distance, right? And, and here is like... Oh, you should clarify, what do you mean? It's not going to work. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not like we're going to break the blessing. Right. But maybe, yes, because I know that there are so many couples that they get blessed, but they don't know still when they're going to be able to live together. And the stress of doing the long distance relationship after the blessing is very high and it really like long distance bring a lot of conflict especially after the blessing because after the blessing you stop being an individual right like when you're in the matching process and you're in a matching process long distance you're still being yourself you're still doing your life but the moment you get blessed you're a couple but you're a couple that is a split and that and that is challenging it's different it, like from every point of view emotionally spiritually it is a challenge when you're not be able to live together. So I think like we were blessed that we were pushed to that uh, and and we would learn to, to do it. But if I can say a recommendation for any new couple is your number one priority is to figure out how to live together, how to be together, right? And then when you figure that out, then you have to accommodate your life for that right so maybe one is still studying or both are still studying is there a way for one to transfer university is there a way for um one to pause uh school and work during that time and then take turns the truth is once you get blessed there are things that you're gonna need to give up like it's not that easy to make a decision just like that oh yeah i'm gonna study for five years right? Uh, or I'm going to do this. And we, we learn. I mean, yes, you came to Uruguay, but it came with a price, right? Uh, the price was school was very stressful. You started working and like your, it was, it was good. Your career, like you learned what you wanted in life for your career, but uh, it just slowed down things for, for you. And maybe we could say, Oh, yesterday was funny because yesterday before bed, we were discussing about our four year of marriage and what are the things that we would have changed if we could go back, right? And I mentioned to Robert, oh, maybe I will not have encouraged you to post your studies, right? To continue studying. But now that like thinking about it, it wasn't just that you were discussing about your career and you pass your studies just because you pass your studies. It was because you prioritize our blessing, being together and uh, creating a family life, first of all. And that, that was, I think that that was so important, right? And we both had to prioritize the blessing on top of other things. Did they make our life more challenging and now... Uh, we cannot buy a house so quick, yes, but life we find other ways, right? And we're still strong on the blessing. So I think 
the moment you get blessed, your priority number one is the blessing. And therefore, your priority number one is to find a way to be together. I know that for some people, it's very challenging with the immigration process. So that's something that there's no way around it. Um, but really, like, immediately, you have to find. And, and when is the immigration process and one cannot go to the United States because they're still waiting for their visa or something like that, then it's the other person who needs to make the extra effort to go to visit, to go to... Uh, their country and to spend time as you did right like you came to my country and spent time with us with a prize but it create a foundation in our marriage that otherwise could have never exist that way mm. or it'd be kind of like delayed sort of and then in that kind of delayed period of time that's where it can be challenging it can be rocky um i mean we didn't even experience what that's like we experienced as you say like a longer matching or long distance matching process but we didn't really have to experience what it's like for us to live separate um while we're blessed i think since we've been blessed we've only spent like a month apart right yeah a full month um which is hard <laughs> um yeah i i guess i say that because yeah i i don't know what it's like to be in that case and um definitely yeah i agree like i feel for people who are in that situation but i think your point is true that you should consider what is possible because sometimes we just have the concept that like ah oh, it's not possible i got this situation you got that situation and we kind of leave it at that but it's just kind of like being willing to explore the possibilities and if you explore the possibilities and you still both come to the conclusion hey it still just makes more sense for us to try to spend some time apart but yeah make sure to visit you know, it's just like, that's just an example of a conversation, a little bit of a hard conversation, but a, like a conversation to be had where you kind of make a plan for yourselves. It's I really. Mean, I, I just want to uh, say that um, in, in the Christian world, right, they, some of them, they still have the same concept of purity before the blessing, right? Uh, before the marriage, of course. Uh, but at the same time, it takes them longer to get to that point because they they coming, bring their life together, living together is not easy. So in the case of my grandma, for example, uh, my my grandparents were fiancés for like almost ten years. Really? Yeah, because my grandfather was working trying to get the money to buy the house. And when he was able to buy the house, then they could marry, right? Was that a, like a decision they made together? Or was it kind of like a social kind of standard or like a familial kind of standard? Well, that was a culture, right? That was like culture. You, you go, like there was not something like mortgage during that time. And renting, it wasn't some, something like very normal. It was you get married and your first night of marry, you go to your house right to your new house you're starting a new life together there's a typical um movie kind of scene where after the the i do the man brings the wife to the house right so i think there's this this concept right of we're starting our life like marriage meant starting out your our life together like it's all there's no almost no person that i can 
think about outside our movement that they get married and they don't live together. Yeah, because typically they're already living together. Typically they're already living together, of course. They figured that out that part before. Um, but in other cases, yeah, they've... it's Well, they, they're also often in the same country or in the same place. So it's like, yeah, they're... they're I, but I get what you mean. I think that's true. It's like, it's part of the process. It's like, okay, hey, we're getting married. If we're not already living together, that's the time when we'd be living together. Yeah, and and then if there are things that are still not figured out and living together situation and maybe or maybe they, they need to wait a couple more years because both are studying or things like that, maybe there's no rush to go to the blessing, you know? Maybe it's okay to have a long matching process because the step still a little bit far. So here we are at, back at the beginning, kind of like decisions to be made before the blessing. And you're saying that this is an example of one. It's like considering what it will look like after the blessing to live together and such. And you're proposing that if someone, if a, if a couple realizes they won't be able to be together actually in a certain amount of time, two years, um, then they potentially should just wait. Yeah. It, and they my only um the only case that i think that it shouldn't be like that is those who needs to do the immigration process therefore they need to get married and they need to get blessed to get married and therefore start the immigration process i mean do not rush that either right because the moment you rush the whole process then many mistakes can happen and once you get legally married is there are like really big problems beyond only a blessing the solution if something happens right mm -hmm. so it, it really like getting legally married it's a big step therefore uh don't rush the big step in order to do the immigration process faster right but maybe there's um you can you guys can figure out strategies of how to still live together or spend time together even in long distance while you're doing the immigration process, right? But it's just like we did a three years of matching process. It felt long, yes. Am I grateful for it? Totally. Because the first year was so like butterflies and like really great. And then the second year in our long distance relationship, that's where the biggest challenges came up. And that's where it was the hardest. And we going through those challenges during the matching process gave us the confidence. Okay, we're both want to prioritize our blessing no matter what. So we can make this decision like with confidence, right? So it's it really like I uh, a, a little bit longer matching process and as well, there's a there was one advice I remember I heard from Benji when I asked him like um, about the matching process and he was saying like the moment a matching process is not going forward uh, is is stuck it's going backwards in a way right so a long matching process that doesn't mean that is that you have to like you can have a long matching process just basically not communicating and not going forward in your relationship 
yeah being indecisive so that's not my recommendation like that that kind of matching process can very um be negative for both sides right because maybe it ended up not happening and it's just a waste of time but what i'm saying is like a long matching process with clear steps moving forward can very very helpful for your confidence on how you're stepping up on the blessing of course i understand that this is not the case of everyone i mean our parents went to the blessing without knowing each other and then after the blessing they met right so i mean i almost say millions but maybe a couple millions couples in our movement did this process in that way so i mean it works too but i i I think there's a benefit of going to the blessing with confidence and going to the blessing knowing that you both gonna do your best for it, right? There are, um, but at the end of the day, my main point, I believe, is your priority number one after the blessing is to live together. And then your priority number, number one after that is to create a happy marriage. And after that, everything else right the school career uh and the other steps like where to like uh living in our own place etc etc right yeah i it's amazing how things fall into place when there's a harmony between a husband and wife i feel you know suddenly decisions are easier um you're just able to be on the same page about things um and then there's like this power to that there's like i think it's the same if you have a vision or goal in your own life if you have unclarity there then you're likely not going to get to the destination you want to get even if you try to have a clear plan if you're not really sure sure i want this then it might be difficult but it's kind of doubled the difficulty about it when you're married because now there's two people trying to harmonize but then there's the benefit if you too if you do harmonize it's like double benefit in a sense right um hope i'm explaining myself well there uh you you reap the benefit of two people being focused on a similar goal and suddenly you get there much quicker or you get there um trying to think of another kind of factor besides quickness <laughs> when reaching a goal deeper deeper yeah that's a good way to put it yeah. I I totally agree. Um, we made many decisions in our lives. The first one was for you to come to Uruguay. The second one was to travel, actually, in 2021. Mm. Like, we went to the Dominican Republic, and then we went to several places in the United States um, while we were doing the immigration process. Uh, and, and I... That was either an easy decision for you, right? <laughs> because Robert's not a very traveler. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm sometimes not so adventurous. <laughs> but we were, I, I mean, it was starting to affect us to be in like a, in a one room working and like living our life in only that room. Yeah, and then, work, study, just living, leisure. Yeah. Yeah. And um with covid and all that so it was a little bit challenging that and i we felt like traveling and then there was a decision of going to canada where to live 
And there's there like more complicated decisions started to happen, right? Like, okay, now are we ready to have kids? You were child you were struggling as well with the idea of having conversations about having kids and the same afterwards, like moving here, buying a car, uh, career wise, right? Like when when you decide to change your career. Uh, and none of those decisions are easy and then sometimes are complicated. But then like I think something that it was good was we a hundred percent wanted to support each other in whatever the decision was. And that comes with sacrifices. But we don't see it as a sacrifice because we're seeing it as a decision that we're making together, right? And, and at the same time, it's like, yeah, we, we are choosing. And I remember at some point I was getting very stressed because I felt like things were happening because my own decision. And I don't, and I don't remember when exactly. Like, oh, why do we decide this? Why, why, why I decide this? Why? And then you came to me and reconforted me. Hey, we made the decision together. Well, we were doing it together. Therefore, like we are winning this together, mm. right? And Robert, by the way, is an amazing husband. He like supports me in everything. And I will not even say 50-50, like it's even more. It's, it's, it's just we're a team, right? Mm. And things happen in our house and in our family because we're both giving our 100%. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I, I'm really glad we are, we can operate as a team. I That was something really important to me that uh, my marriage looks like a, a team where it's not just one person making the decisions and making the calls. You know, I, I wanted it to really feel like both people are shaping and making decisions together, you know? I do remember the decision we just made that I was feeling guilty. Isabella going to daycare. So Isabella has started daycare um, two weeks ago. And that was a decision I was like feeling very heavy on me. And you were coming to me like, hey, we're we're doing this together. We're making this decision together. So like we are we're in this together. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and and as, as our model in life, like if we make a decision together with God, God is with us. Right. So. Uh, that was our decision and we really feel like Isabella is being protected during this time where are we doing this podcast for example yeah it's 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 still pretty new for us but yeah it's been going okay well I think you've given lots of examples of decisions that followed the blessing uh (laughs) I think we wanted to touch on decisions before the blessing right Mm -hmm. so I don't know how conversations ah conversations right yeah so do you think, are there, are those some examples of conversations that maybe could be started in the matching or is it just kind of like, if you learn how to start making conversations, uh, having conversations about important topics in the matching, it just will kind of be a skill that you can continue to build on and it will benefit your, your blessing. Well, I will throw the question back to you in a different way um, because, I mean, I think conversations are important, mm-hmm. but then they they are as important as how 
worth you give to your words, right? Mm -hmm. How much integrity you have. So we were, we were just discussing before recording, uh, what are the case of those who are struggling with sexual integrity? And they say, I will change, right? And then mm -hmm. you go to the blessing with a 100% commitment that uh, thinking that this person will change and they're struggling to change, right? So I think these conversations are as important as how integrate, mm -hmm. how much integrity the person has, right? So what, what do you will say in this case? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Because, yeah, that was something that came up to us is like, you know, sometimes in the matching process and just, you know, being kind of younger, you don't exactly know maybe how to answer that question, you know, or like, um, and it doesn't even have to be that specific one. I, I will get to it, but I just, I guess I'm trying to give a little bit more context. Um, for example, there's a question of like, oh, like where we will live. Some people, they're just like, oh, I don't know, you know, um, or sometimes people will just without really kind of considering it, be like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like I'll, I'll, I'll move where you are. But then when the reality comes, right, when they're in the blessing, then all of a sudden they're like, wait a sec, oh, actually, I don't want to do that. And then suddenly it's like the other person was kind of trusting your words, right? And that's where, you know, as you're saying, this integrity is so important. You know, we don't want um, any of you guys to be making this decision of the blessing based on sort of like wishful, kind of promises or thinking, you know, because um, certainly people can say whatever, right? In the moment, sometimes just to sound good, <laughs> just to, um, and maybe sometimes people really mean well, but I think integrity is all about making your actions, your, your, sorry, your words into action. There's, there's a certain kind of reliability and trust that you have, you know? If someone, if you trust someone and you can rely on them, they very likely have integrity, right? Where everything's in alignment. They, they'll fulfill the words that they say. So in your example, right? Like the, I think that is a common situation that people get into, right? Where they, either the, the partner tells the other one that, oh yeah, I have this issue and I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on it or I am working on it. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's actually kind of discovered, right? It's not something necessarily you know, that's told, um, better if it is right. Better than the other person discovering it without you having told them, or it's kind of like forced to the surface in some sense. It's like, what, what aren't you telling me? You know, I feel like there's something going on, you know, and you're not telling me, um, yeah, that's, that's not a nice place to kind of have that conversation. Um, I've, I've said a lot, but <laughs> can you, just remind me of the question again, just so I can. So like in, in cases we're saying that the, the conversations are as powerful as the integrity mm -hmm. that the person, and then, um, like how to make sure, like, I believe that of course the conversations are important in relationship to integrity. So, uh, what are some things that couples can do to strengthen their integrity more than just the words itself. Mm. Well, it reminds me a little bit of a concept that kind of came up in the matching process that we realized can kind of be there for people. It's this idea of like testing, mm. right? Where, or checking, right? You're kind of like, 
seeing if they're going to change, if they have the ability to change. Um, and you're kind of like waiting to see that, you know? Um, so I'm not exactly sure how to just that part, I guess. I mean, I think, yeah, so for the person who, you know, perhaps needs to work on something, you know, they have to be very serious about what they're saying, you know, that like, hey, if I'm going to work on this, then if I say I'm going to work on this, then I will, you know, I'll make this a priority. That's one thing that um, a lot of people don't quite realize is actually it needs to become a priority especially around issues related with sexual integrity, any kind of addictions, it's got to become your priority to work on it. It can't actually just be like the thing I do with my extra time. Um, that's not going to work. So there has to be kind of like the integrity is like, if I'm going to make that promise, it's like, I understand as well what that promise will entail. And I'm committing to that as well. So I'm not just committing to the first step of like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll join a recovery program. No, it's like, Hey, I'm committing to the whole journey. When I tell you my potential future spouse that I'm going to work on this, it means I'm committing to the full recovery healing process. And uh, that's, that's, that's a hard thing to like honestly really do. It's hard, but it's, it's 100% necessary. And it's actually, it's way more powerful when you speak in that way, when it really has the gravitas. Like almost to the point where, you know, it's like taking on a project that you're not even exactly sure you can do. But it's like with the seriousness that I'm going to find the way to do it, you know? So I guess I don't need to speak for other cases, but in this particular case, when it comes to this, again, kind of issues around sexual integrity, that's kind of the way you have to really approach it, you know? And I think that's also what the, uh, the receiving partner should be able to trust in those words in that way, you know? Um, they also, of course, kind of need to give the grace and space and patience to go through that process because sometimes the process is not just it's often kind of like has its ups and downs but gradually you want to be seeing them head upwards so i think you know if i was going to give a suggestion to somebody who's you know i guess supporting a match who's in the in this recovery journey i would just say you know really be patient with them be uh allow you know make sure one thing that they should have is someone that they're talking with. Probably it shouldn't be you, but it should be someone like an elder brother or someone in like a recovery program, like high noons ascend where we have mentors or a facilitator, that sort of thing. Um, but you yourself don't need to be in the nitty gritty of the recovery process. But I think one thing that maybe could be seen as kind of like a metric that there's kind of growth is like, are they able to be more vulnerable with you? Not necessarily confessing when, they do a particular mistake or have a particular slip. No, they don't need to share those details, but they're becoming a little bit more vulnerable with their emotions because that's really key in this journey too, right? It's like understanding that there's an emotional kind of, um, like there's, there's emotions that we're kind of either ignoring, pushing back, hiding from other people. And it's just, are you feeling that you're getting to know them better, you know? Are you, are you feeling like there are no, there's no longer as many shadows in their life? They're more vulnerable and forthcoming. Sounds like for me that uh, something that you're bringing up, which, which is really important, is 
of something that you, it can happen, it happens, it has to happen in the matching process is, yes, uh, once you get blessed, you want the best layer blessing to be your priority number one. But during the matching process, you want to see that in their lives already, like in, as a result. Like, uh, and that doesn't mean the matching process is the priority number one. Their blessing is a priority number one, and therefore, everything around it is, uh, you see that this priority, right? So in case of integrity, right? If they say, oh, I'm working toward this, you see that action and you see the results, and that's their priority. So for example, in the matching process, I'm working on my sexual integrity during my matching process, if they do it as a, their number one priority, that means that they're going to put the blessing as a number one priority, right? And what we're discussing about well, I would this say concept, it's even vice versa, actually. If you're going to make the blessing your number one priority, then this also then this becomes your priority. Exactly. Yeah. Then the, 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 everything around what it makes me a better spouse is a priority, right? And another way to put that is like what makes you your best self in general, actually. So I think that's just one thing that I think is important to distinguish is some people, they hear, oh, I got to make my blessing my priority, which almost feels like I have to make my spouse my priority. Like, just make sure, like, I, like, everything she wants can happen, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, how can I make her happy? But actually, the prioritizing the blessing, especially the matching, is about prioritizing you and your growth, actually. Totally. Yeah, not prioritizing you to be comfortable, but prioritizing you to be, become your best self. Totally. Yeah, and uh, this is something that we were discussing the other day as well uh, that it will be good to share that we tend as a humans to prepare when things are there happening, right? Um, so, for example, oh, I was telling Robert, I, I should study Korean uh, since I, I might be going to Korea, right? And then it's like, why we do things just last minute right like or, or well it's like it's in that case it's like you knew at some point you're going to be going to korea for a blessing right you maybe didn't expect it to be this soon but it, you knew it was going to come but it was only until it's kind of immediately in front of you that you're like oh shoot i should learn korean but the reality is like it was going to happen and so yeah we made that comparison to the matching right it's just like it's going to happen but sometimes we don't we we uh are hesitant or we kind of a, avoid doing the preparatory steps because it's not immediate. Yeah. Sorry, I just, go ahead, continue with what you're saying. Totally, do you want me to throw, throw it to you? <laughs> the things that you haven't prepared? <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, but yeah, that does happen as well in, during the matching process and in preparation for the blessing. It's going to happen. Like the, 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 your matching is going to happen, therefore, Work on your sexual integrity. Work on on what it makes your best self, right? When you're single, once you get matched as well, keep working on your best self when you are uh, during the matching process. And then once you get blessed, like things, problems will come up. So my second number one advice for new couples, and this uh, I know you were trying to tell me talk for me to talk about the match for people in the matching but as for new couples the first number thing is do your first year of marriage right do try as much as possible to get like all the advices and get the habits of your marriage right 
because the habits that you create in your first year of marriage creates becomes a foundation and your new normal. Mm. Uh, when you enter to a new job and there's a culture in your job and from day one, they teach you, oh, this is how we do things here. And it's kind of strict. You have to wear formal clothes uh, and, but, and you have to be polite, let's say. Then you will find it in maybe one or two months. That's your new norm. That's what you have to do. That is what it feels normal. I mean, if someone comes with a different culture to your work, you're going to feel it wrong and that person, and it's not going to feel right or correct so when you get blessed you get the opportunity to start your life kind of like again you know and as as you enter into a new job let's say what happens is many people tend to be like more relaxed in the first year uh because they're they allow each other to be a little bit more like themselves in a way which is fine to be themselves but maybe not creating the culture that they want in their marriage and not discussing about what kind of culture we want in our marriage what kind of culture is going to have our family what are our boundaries what where 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 are the things that we want to happen what kind of habit we want to create and if you really strong hard work hard for your first year of marriage to create that culture to create those habits then it's going to feel very natural let's say the opposite you go to a job and it's very informal very loose right and you you just go there people like say bad words they don't care you know it's like that's that's kind of like the culture and then a new manager comes and they say from now on these are the new roles how hard it's gonna be to need to change the behavior instead of having done it right from the first time is five times harder to change a behavior than it started well so the same in a marriage like oh now after three four three years of marriage I think we should do things like this or I think you should not talk to me like that or we should create this culture but you already have created a different culture then it's going to be really hard to do it. Is it possible? It's totally possible. It requires both sides to work on it but if you start right then even if you later you become a little bit more loose you you knew you had it you remember what it was like and it's easier for both to go back to it. Well, I would just adjust that a little bit at the end that you wouldn't be going back to being more loose. It's more like, it's kind of like practicing, right? If you're practicing a certain skill, in the beginning, it feels very regiment and kind of like very like, you have to just do your scales or, you know, practice that one move again and again. But then once you get it, you can then begin to freestyle. So that's how I interpret your word of being more loose because you're not going to revert back to kind of unstructured you're actually going to find the freedom in the structure that you've sort of created in this sort of culture to fully be you know maybe more expressive or all those sort of things i just want to mention that because you use loose in both cases so it's a different kind of like loose right yeah um no that's that's a, that's a really really powerful point um yeah and, and don't feel like scared by that 
that like you know you have to like it doesn't have to be so heavy and hard as maybe it might sound in your mind that like oh we have to like we have to really set things really strong and clear Korean is talking in a year period. So in that period, you kind of have to figure it out, you know? So it's often what that will look like is like, oh, we'll have some kind of like conflict and then we'll assess that conflict and be like, okay, actually that's not how we want to do conflict, right? So it's just like get catching that earlier, right? And maybe it sometimes takes, you know, two, three conflicts and then you're like, okay, hey, hey we got we to gotta change something. But the point is if you continue to allow that sort of like kind of yeah, unhealthy kind of behavior again just using conflict as an example um if you use yeah like if you really use like put downs and like um like swears and that sort of thing with each other that really has a a negative effect on each other you know it's really hurtful and then um but if you don't kind of catch that and nip it in the bud that's exactly something that will just kind of continue for and then to change it later on because someone's like i've had enough like we can't do this it's gonna be hard to change that i i agree um but so it's just, I guess I just wanted to to make the point that it's not something from the get-go. It's like, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do this way. Um, no, it's more like, it's kind of like a discovery between you two where you're both are prioritizing, finding kind of your most ideal way of doing things. So it's often a lot of assessment. Uh, to be honest, I, I was reminded about sex, you know? <laughs> it's actually a lot kind of like that where you are hoping, you know, you really don't want to create any like, unhealthy or kind of unhelpful habits when it comes around sex right you want to ideally figure out how to really communicate well you know discover you know what your partner likes and how to do that and once you get better at that yeah for sure in the future you can freestyle you know (laughs) you won't have to kind of think through it you've got to gone past the practicing stage so hopefully that was a helpful addition that it's kind of like ultimately what we're talking about is like practicing good habits and then eventually they'll become kind of like the culture they'll be established already Mm -hmm. it won't be something you have to i'd say like work as hard to make sure they're there because you've established them there's a foundation yeah so when we're making decisions together and we're making decisions for our family right and putting the blessing as a priority um there might be someone that feels like oh, I had gave up so much for this, right? Or it starts to have resentment, right? So last year, for example, we moved to Edmonton, and which was your city, and I, I felt several times, why I'm here, right? Why I'm here in this city? Um, it could be anywhere else. It could be anywhere else. And, and it... <clears throat> I... I even with three years of marriage at that time, right? It, well, two years and something. Mm-hmm. Our identity as a family wasn't still strong enough, right? And it was very interesting. I gave birth, and then we went to Uruguay because I felt like I really wanted to go to Uruguay. And my realization was, oh wow, I want to go back home. Where is home? Where my house with my husband and my daughter is, right? And it kind of shift this this space of where is my my refugee? Where is my home? Where is my 
my, my refuge huh? Ref okay whereas my refuge where is my home is there where my family is who is my family stop being mom and dad it becomes your the family that you're creating of course mom and dad are still important and extended families is still important but it, it takes yeah but it takes time to create your identity as a family right mm -hmm. and those are the things and of course you, and those are the conversations that you can have uh, when you're long distance even after the blessing what kind of culture we want to create what are the rule, rules or what are the boundaries what are the um, rules can be happy rules too right um, what, what are the traditions that we want to have what are our priorities what is going to be our lifestyle how our day could look like as a couple what are we will be doing you know um I just feel like like we you, you need to create that identity and it takes some time and it's fine that it takes time but slowly that's what it means for your blessing to become your number one priority is for your identity as a family to be created as a couple right mm -hmm. and it's super important to really like explore it and at the same time find yourself in 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 that too because you you still need to find to be you right so even if i went to edmonton i was like okay i'm gonna start going to yoga classes i'm gonna start uh, doing painting classes i'm gonna start working and 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 creating my own kind of like person in this new family in this new culture in this new house right so uh it, you don't lose yourself because you're married but you're just making decisions together as a family right now and your personal decisions impacts your family hmm. can we circle back to that point you mentioned about how this is an example of conversations you can have when you're uh, in the matching especially in a long distance or actually you i think you mentioned um post blessing but you happen to be long distance or in person yeah yeah or in person right um what do you think maybe makes it challenging to have that kind of conversation do you think it's something that most couples they have that conversation like it's it's easy to to have that conversation well i think the challenge is the same as when we were discussing why people prepare when things are just there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it's because we we don't think that we need to study for the exam until the exam date is set one week before, right? Simply just, it's a habit of procrastination. Maybe, or we don't think this is, is relevant right now, but I, I do believe that it helps having this discussion, it helps the moment when you live together to have clarity, but at the same time to know, okay, this is the direction we're going. I'd add that I think there needs to be an element of fun into the kind of vision creation process, the the vision for your family tradition and culture and all that. And it can be, it really can be. 
but I think sometimes maybe if we see it as like, like homework, like I have to do it. Like, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's like some challenge, you know, and like maybe you'll start to get upset because you guys aren't seeing it the same way or like, oh, she's not understanding me. Like, I think it's pretty important to keep a pretty like, like I was just reflecting on like how to balance between keeping it light, but also being sincere about it. Right. Like, so it's still like what you're saying does matter, but it's also understanding that, um, Hey, like we, we're not going to figure it out immediately right now, but let's talk about it. So as a summary of this episode conversation that we have, we have a plan and then it became very like, uh, a lot of conversation, a lot of points. Uh, but I think number one is priority. Number one is your blessing in during the matching, but after the matching and working and showing that your priority number one is a blessing. Uh, that's the most important thing, right? And knowing like a hundred percent that you both both parties will do your 100% for it and for this family that you're creating. It's the best thing that you can have. And therefore, like, trying now, once you're figuring out the blessing, how to live together is has to be a really high priority and trying to figure that out and doing the effort for both sides to living together and, and starting their life together. And with that, having creating the habits for a happy marriage in your first year of marriage during the matching process having the discussion of big conversations of course but at the same time working on your integrity that your words will have power that your words matter right and how you work in your integrity becoming like practicing integrity in your own life as an individual so if you say that you want to do something do your best to make it real and create a certain foundation where you can even trust yourself. Oh, I have said several times that I will do this. And look, from the five times I say it, four or three times I was able to do it. I do have a level, a foundation of integrity that I can use, right? A big part of it too is knowing when to say, I'm not going to do something. Yeah. I think as well, because sometimes... Uh, we get out of integrity because we overpromise or we overcommit to something because it's it's a lot about just becoming emotionally aware too because sometimes people in a moment feel very like emotionally inspired and like upbeat and someone's like hey can you help me with this and you're like absolutely I'll be there you know 4 a.m you want me to come to your house and help you build something I'll be there that day comes around your alarm clock rings at 4 a.m and you're like I don't want to wake up What, what was that about that's an example of actually being out of integrity and you can try to make all the excuses or justifications that you want. But the truth is you, you overpromised. you, you, your word didn't matter actually. And that's not something you want to have. So, um, just thought I would add that kind of point. It's like, it's about committing to the things you are going to do, but then also knowing when to sometimes say no to something, knowing when to like, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to do that actually. Totally. So integrity is connected with self-awareness. So working on knowing yourself is highly important. So you 
your words actually align with your vision and what you what you feel and what you can actually commit to so the same of the blessing going to the blessing and committing to for the blessing to be for this relationship to be your number one priority it all will require self-awareness right uh and then yeah i think those were the main points that were shared in this podcast is there anything else that you want to add Just that I hope you all have a great time having these conversations. I really am a believer that most of these conversations, they don't need to be hard things. They're not things we should be afraid of. Sometimes our fear of the subject matter of the conversation is what holds us back from having the conversation. But it's actually the conversation will help you so much. Because sometimes even, you know, there's, heck, I, I can think of so many examples of things we talked about and it was not just once it was not like okay today we're gonna figure this out let's have the conversation and it rarely is you figure it out but it, it just again allows you actually just to kind of know the other person more start to get a little bit more on the same page um and uh yeah just know that it's it's gonna be it's gonna take some time you know to to have to come to some of these decisions to have some of these conversations um in most cases, it's not just kind of one big everything on the table kind of conversation. Uh, it's totally fine to be like, hey, you know, we were talking about that one thing the other day. And uh, I just realized I, I want to add something to that conversation. Or can we talk about it again a little bit more? I want to get into it, uh, the topic of what it would look like for us to live together after the blessing. I, you know, like it's really feel that like you are... Uh, creating something together you're per the, the person you're in a process with you should feel that they already are starting to be like you're shaping your team like we kind of brought up that point in the beginning you want to feel like a team so it's difficult if you're sharing things and you always feel like i don't know maybe they're making you feel like a problem or like issue like hey we already figured that out like leave it alone you know that might not be a good sign that this like you may have to consider hey is this someone that i want to make this <laughs> kind of commitment to be a team for eternity with you know um uh, so a couple couple extra thoughts <laughs> <laughs> for our next episode we're gonna be talking about what are the key habits why to are we create? making a commitment to it <laughs> <laughs> we barely knew what we were going to talk about today <laughs> no but uh, it's my commitment oh, I, i'm a person of integrity it's your commitment yeah you, but you're saying we yes together <laughs> We're going to discuss what are the key habits we believe to create in the marriage for a happy life. And as my wife said, I will support her as I always <laughs> do. So, yep. That's what I we're talking it. about next time. Be ready. So, thank you, Mimor. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you, everyone who listened to us until this end. And yeah, I hope to see you next episode. Yeah, send any questions as well. Oh, yeah. And if there is any conversation that you would like, you guys would like us to have, please let us know. Take bye care, bye. guys.